Hello world, welcome to another episode of the Deep Dive with Eyal Shai. And I'm joined today by a guest that I've already had on, Dan Greenwald. Hi, Dan. Hello there. Happy to be back. One of my favorite things to listen to, and I love seeing you. And this time on video, um, last time we talked about fear and courage, and I absolutely love that episode. And I understand that you have uh, one or two more ideas that have been helping you live well, so I'm happy to, to try and cover them. Yeah, no, th- thanks for having me. You know, I just, I just been talking about this uh, in the recent weeks about uh, this concept of uh, energy farming. Okay, this is like, so a little quick background origin story here. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this last time, but I grew up with a stutter, right? And one of the things that made me a little mental was why were there sometimes I was in flow, fluent, and other times I wasn't in flow? It made me like, what's going on? How do I do this? And I was really, uh, even as a teenager, I remember thinking about this. Well, like, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And now I'm 45, looking back and just being obsessed with figuring out how to grow, how do people grow? How can I grow and change? I think I figured something out. And it, for me, it makes sense in the concept of farming, energy farming. Okay. Which Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that we're all creatures, right? We're all creatures. We are creatures like any other creature and every creature needs like energy to survive and thrive, right? Um, Think about the like wildebeest crossing the rivers or the like iguanas escaping the snakes or whatever, whatever uh, creature you think of, there's this important level of animals. Oh, the best one are, are the bears, the grizzly bears, right? I don't know if you've explored this fat bear contest. Okay. No, what is it? Every year in, in like Denali National Park out in Alaska, I could be wrong about that, but it's, they have a gigantic, um, kind of like a competition of who's going to win the fat bear week, right? Who's going to win the fattest bear of 2022. And you have these, you have these visuals, you go to explore.org. It's all there, right? These bears, they come out of hibernation. They're thin. They're gaunt. Going in. They've just gorged themselves on salmon. Hmm. That's how their living structure allows them, needs from them in order to, that's how their energy works. Mm -hmm. So are we. And so there's this concept that, you know, we too are like human creatures and we engage waking life with a, with a level of life force energy, right? And um, it's measured in something called state, high state or low state, or really okay. strong state or shitty state. Those are the mm-hmm. terminology that I, that feels good to me, right? And here's how it works, right? The state, the level of energy we engage life with dictates the rest of how we as a creature work. So we are all humans with the human mind. And just to remind, the sole focus of the human mind is to keep us safe and surviving, right? That's the default mode for everyone. The way it does that, one of the main ways that the mind achieves that is that it creates these stories, these beliefs in our head which then dictate or drive the type of action we take. So there's this concept called state, story, action. Mm -hmm. Strong state, strong energy creates strong stories, which lead to strong action. Shitty state, shitty stories, shitty action. 
that concept of strong state also correlates with being in flow. Hmm. Okay, I have a question. Go for um, it. When you say strong state, shitty state, I understand it to having to do something with our physique, just like you mentioned bears and so on. When you move to um, stories and actions, what what is a what is a, a strong story or or a shitty story? Got it. But I even back up the whole like physique thing is not that's one aspect. But okay, right. Um, the stories in our mind of I could create a successful pod podcast. I can't do a successful podcast. Those are mm -hmm. two different types of stories. I can't. The quick way of identifying our the stories is the language of scarcity or abundance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So, and that's just how we all are, right? It's, we don't, we're not aware of them. We have our creature power of self-awareness allows us to look at these stories and decide what do we want to do with them, right? Does that make sense so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, like, I, I will, I will have a, I will have a, yeah, maybe a challenging question. Maybe you won't find it challenging, but um, but, but, but for now, I want you to to maybe keep going with uh, yeah. What what about? Let me just action? set it up for you. Let me just set it mm -hmm. up for you, and then so don't even use so the like energy that we engage waking life with is going to dictate how we almost compute what's coming in, which is going to dictate the output that we do the action. Mm -hmm. Okay. Almost simple. A plus B equals C. Right. And the idea, that idea alone is like, well, if I don't want those shitty stories because those shitty stories are what stops my flow and also impacts my stutter but impacts other things. Mm. Forget even about the stutter. The stutter was what I used to uncover this, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was almost right. like my pickaxe, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. It's a tool. And so what I've come up with is this concept of energy farming and that we have the ability to control the energy that we engage life with. Mm-hmm. And thereby the stories our mind creates and thereby the actions we take. Mm -hmm. So no matter what we're trying to do and accomplish, whether it's as a parent, a entrepreneur, a writer, a creator, uh, 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 a like cobblestone layer, whatever, if we want to do it with a level of, if we want to do it with a level of success or whatever, we have control over the energy that we engage the actions with. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to um, explicitly link this to a recent episode I recorded with uh, Rebecca Madison about uh, something. It was titled uh, Believing in the Possibility, which means that, you know, we know the maxim that even, um, even a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, right? Um, and then we made the point that even prerequisite to that, for you to make the first step, you need to believe in the possibility of actually completing the thing, right? Otherwise, really, really, you won't have the motivation necessary to even get going. Uh, you need to come from a place of believing in the possibility of success, of completion, of achievement. And, um, yeah, so that resonates a lot with that, I think. I mean, I, I, I mean, I would, I would jump on that, even pull it even further and saying that when we uncover what it is we really want, it activates our inner being. That's another, our unique power. It's kind of like shooting free throws without having to think about it. It activates stuff. And that belief, or I would even call it purpose, mm -hmm. right? It's, a, I believe we are, we are rational 
we are rational beings. And we, when we see two plus two equals four, we can't pretend it's not four anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So when, you know, my, this idea of being in a strong state leads to shitty story, uh, leads to strong stories, which will lead to strong, strong actions. And if you really believe that, and if you know what you want, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, how badly do you really want it? And so here's where the energy farming comes in. Our life force energy, the measurement of state is measured, right? Is impacted by our mental, physical, and spiritual health. When one of those are weak, our overall state will be weak. And just like farming, right? It takes a lot of work. The consistency sucks, but the yield is often tremendous. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing here. The idea of like energy farming is, hey, what are the specific easy to do actions that will support my unique self regarding mental, physical, and spiritual health when I can identify them and recognize that, hey, my mind is going to try to overly complicate what I have to do because that's what our minds do to keep us from doing things that are harder, quote unquote, unsafe. When we have that set up and when we actually follow it and we do it a week at a time, two weeks, three weeks, there, it's a, it's a, it's a, like, it's a foundation to launch anything is what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciate it. And I think that um, when you say, um, I really feel it in my life, what you said about having a clear goal. If the, if, the, if the goal is clear enough, if it's well-defined, and if you find a natural attraction to it, your soul does, then you're going to start moving, just, just as you say. And um, then even the, what you describe as hard work and consistency, and almost a feeling that it's something bigger than yourself that actually, in a sense, possesses you. Um, it's really interesting because it turns out, at least when I think about when I look at it in my life, it turns out that freedom and, um, and commitment are, are really tricky, more tricky than we think because sometimes it feels so liberating to commit to something wholly um, if you if you know that this thing is your mental health is is a life well lived well how are you not going to commit to such a thing and then when you have that impetus to commit to something that you just in your bones feel is so good for you technically you're not free you've just attached yourself to something in a way but in reality, um, yeah, why would you not attach yourself to something that is actually um, the best thing you can ask for in life? So that's what it makes me think of. Which is like another way to call that same thing is the Kantian moral imperative, right? Once, once you become aware of something that is true for you and then you don't go and do it, then what's going on there? right? Then it's hard to, there's going to be a lacking and you call it, well, I'm free to not do it, but are you really? Right. Right. That's how, for me, when I came out of college, you know, I knew I needed to become a teacher because either I could come and continuously bitch about my uh, upbringing and education as to, I can't believe I've only come to this reality and learning about self and all this stuff in college or go back and actually do something about it. Right. And so I I think there's something about when you uncover what it is you really want, like really, like really want. It's a lot of other things become more clear. Mm hmm. There aren't, there are a lot less like decisions to be made or like decisions are made much uh, easier, right? That's the concept of 30-10-0, this framework, which is like, what is your 30,000 foot view of what it is you really want? 
And the reason why it's so hard for most of us humans to really uncover and define that is because, as I said, we're humans with the human mind that's trying to keep us safe and going up and getting that. It's hard. It's not safe. Well, and, and I would add, we are not um, taught to think well. If we had the tool of thinking well, of comparing, contrasting thoughts, concepts, ideas, uh, we would actually get at some ideas that are just uh, beautiful. So this is what I'm trying to do with uh, dialectic, saying that, you know, there are answers to these things. Um, in Plato's Euthyphro, Euthyphro is complaining that, um, that Socrates makes his word move. What, what does he mean? His ideas move. What he means is that it turns out that he says something and, well, he knew the meaning of it. After Socrates asks some questions, um, it turns out that the meaning has shifted. And so it's like a, a statue that you would really like to stay in place, but it's starting to move around, right? And there's a whole thing about it. And with dialectic, by thinking well, you can actually get to a point where concepts are pretty much stable. You're always open to the possibility, uh, to the possibility of improving on it. Um, but it is in fact possible to have clear ideas and think well and have the kind of ideas of what you want, what you really want, not move and shift all the time, which is what we're experiencing. You know, right now we're taking by a passion to eat something. And so we don't even notice if we're cutting someone in line or something like that. In other words, in some other respect in life, we're not acting in the way we would like to act because we're taken by a passion or something like that. Whereas if you have a clear long-term view of how you want to be, you manage to, um, to get to a consistent state and something that is actually good for you. And what happens is that inner conflict is just not, not there anymore. And that's the biggest relief. So, so I, I'm gonna, I'm going to agree and push back at the same time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it in a different way. Cause I, I too, I like to simplify in as simple as possible. We are creatures and every creature has its unique creature power. Think of any animal and you could hone in on the two or three unique aspects of that creature. We humans, our creature power is self-awareness. Right. Right. Bears can only be bears and so forth and so forth. And so, but I think you're right. We haven't been taught how to harness our self-awareness. Right. And in like the reason why I think it's so hard to define what it is we really want is because we haven't been taught how to harness ourselves in that way. And, 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 and so I do, I do the self-awareness training. The first step is this concept of energy farming because everything starts with state. If we're in a shitty state, we're net, we're, everything's going uphill no matter what. So then there's energy farming then there's this concept of story watch. Well, our mind's going to continuously go and we can't be in a strong state all the time, right? So what do we do, right? So what do we do? So there has to be this ability to, hey, I'm in a shitty state. That's a shitty story. Let me capture it and ask like, hey, how is that story of I can't build a company serving me? Well, mm -hmm. it's keeping me safe. If you could uncover how our stories are keeping us safe, they're always serving a purpose, then we could we could dance with them. We could undo them. We could capture mm -hmm. them before they turn into like action. That's part of self-awareness training. Everybody happens. This happens to every human. It's It doesn't matter money, no money. It's every human. This is how we all are, right? Yep. Stories. What's interesting about the stories and story watch the more you do it, the better you get. And then you assign it, hey, what's the theme of this story or a story thread, right? The reality is we all have like three or four core guiding stories that were formed between ages four and 10 about 
and keep showing up again and again, clothed in different life experiences that we're having. So the more you do it, the more you're getting that, oh, here's that, the story again. Oh, I'm not in a strong state. Of course, it's a shitty story. You could close it up like that mm -hmm. like, because it's rational. It's, it's logic. We understand self-awareness. Hey, this is how I am. Hey, I didn't get six hours of sleep last night. My kids came in. I was, uh, or like, and that's the idea of like energy farming that no matter what we're trying to achieve, even if we're trying to figure out what it is that we really want, first step always has to be, am I in a strong energy state? Energy right. farming allows us to do that. And it's the consistency that we can cultivate our strong state energy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So what, what would be some of the basic, um, basic actions to be taken in order to be in a strong state, something that, um, yeah, just some of the basics. Yeah. So I've been doing this for a bit, so I'm constantly tweaking and trying to figure out what it is for me, but, um, and I'll send you a screenshot of what this looks like also, because I have mine in notion and I get a weekly score letting me know how well I'm doing or, mm -hmm. you know, not as a tracker, more as a guide. And then as a learning at the end of the week. Right. Um, but there's broken down into physical, mental, and spiritual health. What are the things, what are the specific actions that support that? For me, it's sleeping six hours, right? For me, every eight, like whatever. For me, it's six mm -hmm. hours. I sleep six hours. That's a good thing. It's also working out, right? And you want to phrase it that you could say yes or no to it, right? And working out for me, if I can do 40 push-ups in one day, that's a check in the box. I've been going to the gym every day, right? That's, that's a for sure check in the box. Another is uh, meditation, right? Mm -hmm. And here's, here, it, here is an example of how our mind does what our, the mind does, right? If I can meditate for 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, like I'm on another level. Mm-hmm. Figuring out where or when I could do the 30 minutes, that's daunting. I'm never doing it. So my success metric for this energy farming is, did I meditate for three minutes? Check the box. And usually I, and, and then when I see it on my list, I'm like, oh, that's, that box isn't checked today. Three minutes allows me, I could just hit my, I could hit my timer right now and do it. So it's designed for simple, easy wins, which is what it's about. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's meditation, there's working out. Um, uh, I do this spiritual meditation called heat bodidut. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the idea. I understand that, it. <laughs> it, it well, 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 it comes from the spiritual guide, like Rebbe Nachman of like Breslov, right. In which the way that I, the way that I do it is that you set a timer like an actual timer on your watch, your phone, do it for one minute. And when you hit start, you speak out loud in your own, in your own voice to your maker or no maker, whatever you, your belief is until that timer stops. And you do that with consistency. You'll be amazed what happens with that one. Right? So that's my like, and then, and then the most fun, most fun part about energy farming is this concept called active resting, right? Active resting is what are the specific actions we can do that when we do them gives us a recharge. Only we know it, right? And it could be something that we've done 20 years ago that we haven't done, right? But I practice this, and this has been a game changer for me, especially during COVID and like after, and I measure all this. So I know the weeks I do it and I don't do it. I try to hit three to four times a week active resting. Active resting for me is birding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like birding has been like, it, it does amazing. My senses, it reminds me that I'm a creature. 
there's this great app. You're very focused on something outside of yourself and you use more than one sense to do it. Uh, I mean, when it comes to birding, you know, I understand you very well. And, and then you also, and then you're also in tune with the like migration and seasons. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. I mean, especially here in Israel, you know, we have this atrocious summer every year that's coming and, um, basically threatening to kill us each year. And I'm never (laughs) sure if we're going to make it again in the fall. So seeing the first stork, seeing the first pelican or the first robin coming down our way from Europe is exhilarating. Yeah. It's makes you happy for sure. It makes you know that another, another cycle. um, It makes, mm -hmm. it makes you know that you are a like creature, just like these birds that are also impacted by the seasons. Like I'm in New York city right now. Yesterday was snowing a little bit. It's like, uh Oh, that's here. You know, that storm is here. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and so there's birding is one example, but yeah, I, I, can't wait until you and I are going out birding in like Israel, yes. you know, in the springtime. Cannot wait for that one. Um, and then there's for me, there's also mountain biking, right? You think it's, you know, I, it, I'm in a zone, right? Um, there is cooking. I love creating um, live tunes when I'm like music, different type of music. It just opens me and takes me places. Um and then also, oh, being present with my kids in which my phone is not around. Mm-hmm. Those are the things. And I and like I started doing fishing in the Hudson River. Like I'm always open, but I'm careful that I tr- – and, and, and it's easy carve-outs. It's like for 15 minutes. It's like – and when you do that, bake that into your week and you do that with a level of consistency – your week is automatically changed. We're, you know, you know, we have our, my like rabbi, our rabbi of play at ready, like, you know, like ready to go, you know, and he was very influential on me regarding, Hey, make play. Play is part of our human condition. Embrace it. So sometimes we don't like the word play. It's frivolous or whatever. It turned into this concept of active resting. Right. Mm-hmm. If that if, and and so you put active resting into your like energy farming, and if you're doing yeah. the things to consistently know that you know, and it takes a little bit to figure out and fine tuning and tweaking, and how many times per week are you aiming to do all these different things, and making sure your mind is not getting in the way to overly complicate because that's what it's going to do. Or or too closely monitor and start to like freak out about these check marks, you know, because that can be a thing. That's another thing we're prone to do is optimize where the where the tendency itself to optimize can undermine our um our ability to uh, be in a in a good state or in a good process, really, I would say more than a more than by the state. way, it's true. It's true, but I I I, I for me I need a system to help keep me out of my own way. Okay, but your system is allowing you not to worry too much about the system. Like if you were at some point really uh, feeling anxiety over the fact that you haven't fished this weekend, you know, that would be too much. Well, yes and no, right? Yes and no, because also I'm talking like full-fledged anxiety attack. Over whether you you went on your mountain bike or not. It's right? never good to have an anxiety attack, period, right? No matter yeah, what, yeah. right? But there is something, there's something to be said of why I measure a week at a time versus a day or a month. True, yeah. Right? A day, to your point, too much pressure. Oh, oh, you know? But like you're right. you're in a shitty state. Your kids woke you up. You got two hours of sleep but you still got to move on, yeah. right? Or, and it's not measured in a month because a month is like, that's years from now. Yeah. However, if you have all the data, which I do, and I'm not a data, like, I mean, I appreciate data because I, I, I love, it helps with the learning of self-awareness. 
of like, hey, how bad? And I have all of this data that shows me what my weeks, what my weeks were like. I also capture my stories with StoryWatch as I was talking. So mm-hmm. I have the data that shows, hey, what are the stories that came out this week? Hey, how is my active resting? How is my energy farming? So you have all of this self-awareness correlation that mm-hmm. is not about the check mark. Right. But it almost acts as a guide for what I believe I need to do in order to get what I really want. And if I don't do it, it's there to tell me, hey, you didn't do it. Don't bitch about it if you didn't meditate this week. Right. So yeah. it's almost like how badly do you want it? It's this a bit. It's this way of calling your own bullshit. Right. Right. Yeah, I definitely like it. And one thing I, I like about it is that it's aimed at really capturing and focusing on something that's universal, which, you know, uh, relativism, people saying that, you know, to each their own really, and the meaning of my thing shouldn't be um, the meaning of the word when you're using it and so on. Um, It's true as a default, but I think when we actually examine things, if I tell you that it's actually universal, that people want to do well in life or live well, however you want to phrase it, there are certain things that are hard to refute. How are you going to refute that? And I think that it is universal. And I think that um, your thinking really converges with mine and a lot of other people's because it has identified a few universal things. And within it, within the system, I like that you have, you know, a, a category that's universal, something like active resting. But within it, there is a lot of room to enter your own quirks and hobbies and idiosyncrasies. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't um, leave those out, and instead encourages us to really look at ourselves and find what we. Um, what really does good to us and maybe not to our neighbor or partner. Uh, so I, I really like that aspect of, of your system there. And then, and then it also, I mean, listen, it has to allow us to incorporate who we are, right? And I've done mm-hmm. these type of trainings and I do this in like group settings and I've done this in one-on-one coaching stuff. And um, you know, there's some people that, they need a dance. They, they uncovered like they're, they're just a dancer. They're like, that would be my wife. Yes. So this woman who's a like professional comic and is like brilliant at what she does with marketing and stuff. She's like, Oh my God, I need a dance. How many times, like how long, 10 minutes, how many times a week every day? Well, is, is that like a realistic fine five times a week? And she reached out to me two weeks after. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, Dad, you have no idea. And it, 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 it's – we're all – we're just human creatures. And we've been ra- – like it's universal, right, that we're just creatures. And if you look at it from that vantage point and it's almost like a deconstruct so that we can reconstruct with – First, with these first principle building blocks, starting with self-awareness, energy, clarity with stories, and then what we talked about last time, courage. And then when you have all of those kind of working together, then you could define what you really want. Yeah. Yeah, I I really, really like that. Um, I think that there should be a lot more emphasis put in people's lives about what they actually want because what we end up with is a kind of a fragmented view of what the good life is. And I very deliberately don't actually refer to living well as the good life because the good life sounds like something you can possess. And once you reach out and grab it, it's like you have it. Well, of course not. The Whereas living well is actually embodying um, the state of flow itself and the kind of fittingness that um, sustains itself over time and gives rise to harmonies, which are maybe your actions that then help kind of 
uh, repeat the thing. Um, so I think that the common view that people have about life, they have some sort of vague conception of what they want. But if you just consult culture about this or usually our parents or whatnot, we're given a few of the hallmarks of a good life. And usually these are money, uh, you know, being good looking or being with a good looking person. Um, so some sort of, of aesthetic, which beauty is a type of good, but it's the type of good that is only sensed. It's not perceived or felt necessarily. Um, so there's this, so then from these kind of ideas, you start chasing and in your life, piecing together a puzzle, hoping that while you don't have the bigger picture, some sort of bigger picture, which is great, is going to emerge from it. Um, but then we find that many times while we chase one objective of, let's say, making money, we just lose sight of the ball that has to do with being a good parent, right? And then what happens? Okay, well, you've worked so hard on the piece of the puzzle that's money, but now you have to uh, really go to work on the piece of the puzzle of like, my child doesn't really like me, or, you know, I'm not having a good time around my child or my partner, right? Whereas if you had a, a, a clear idea of what it means to live well, and you would actually let go of some of the aesthetic associated with it and was more explorative about it and try to aim at the thing itself and not its parts, you will actually be surprised about the parts because you might find out that, hey, you know, the amount of money that you had in your head, six figures a year if you're in America or something, it's actually not true for you. You need 60,000 a year, but um, that 60,000 a year job is a job that you like, right? Or it's a job that leaves you um, time to spend with your family and so on. So we definitely need to look for that big thing and not focus on the parts because that just uh, throws us off track eventually. And so, and so that, that's, that's, that's this framework of 30, 10, zero, right? The question is, you don't start at zero, 10, 30. You have to start all the way up at 30,000 feet to go down to 10. It's target focus action. The reason why it's so, it's, it's very hard to go up to 30,000 feet because we haven't been taught how we all work, the self-awareness training, right? And the simple shift that isn't simple is how does making $60,000, $600,000 a year, whatever you think your target is, you ask, mm -hmm. how is it helping you get what you really want? Right, right. And what that, is it good that, for? It needs to be related or, 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 to something bigger. Yeah. It, and, and, and that's why it's all about 30, 10, zero. That's why it's all about defining your target and it's a process. And then when, even when you define your target, the next step is, well, what does life look like when you're actually hitting it? And that's where mm -hmm. you tie in the details. That's mm -hmm. the most important thing. And it's kind of what we were talking about before we started recording. Are you really ever meant to hit that target? Maybe, maybe not. Exactly. Wow. I, it's I the journey of pulling you forward. Yes. And then, and then, and then, Ayal, you get hit with a heavy dose that life is really short again because God forbid, but somebody passes away. Mm -hmm. So it's not the perfect good life. That doesn't, that's not a reality. Right. It's all about surfing and the journey as we're, as we're, as we're going and we're using our targets for what in this moment we really want. It creates a guide, a way to like, to know, hey, how does being a, a birding guide help me get what I really want? And there's a process for uncovering all that. But if we're not in a strong energy state, we got no shot.
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested like, do you know, because I do, I do know why you came up with 30-10-0, but do you know it? Like, is it explicit for you? Because it's very clear to me. What, why, like, why, like, why those like specific numbers or what was no, going not on? Not so in much life? about the numbers, but the whole, but the whole concept of like looking at things from up high and focusing then. I mean, listen, there's a lot of different, I am someone, I just had this discussion yesterday. I'm someone that I need to know my purpose before I can do something fully. No, it's nothing like that. I'm just saying, you know, it's because you're a birder, right? And you've seen like eagles flying at that height and then zooming in on something and then focusing and then going for the target, right? And it's a hit or miss, but it keeps them moving because they need to be in energy farming, which is in effect what they're doing. I love it. And then they don't have to use the <laughs> wings. Simple answer. See, you like simple I like answers. It. I like that's it. I was why. Gonna... <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I mean, like, I mean, like for me, to be honest, I, I mean, I said this to you before, but I grew up with this stutter. And at age five, I was aware of something. At age six, I was like, I named it. And I was like, I want to change this. How do people change? Right? And I became obsessed with the intrinsic why the like hero stories from like karate kid to the to the torah stories to the bible stories to whatever like whatever you're reading or like consuming but i wanted to believe that i could change right and i've this has brought me this has been with me for years and years and years and then between the uh years 2012 and 2016 um, four close people on my favorites passed away, right? Two of which were my parents, two of which were close friends under the age of 41. Every human gets hit with doses that life is really short. Everybody, it's yeah. no pity, not like we all do. That's part of about being a human, like a human. I mean, what's fascinating about COVID is that all of humanity got hit with the dose, right? There was like at the beginning right. when we're wiping our boxes down. I'm talking about that phase. There is, and so we're still figuring out the after, but everyone gets hit with it. For me, I got hit, a, I got dealt a heavy blow. I came out of it with, I'm done with these stories. What do I, well, oh, the energy, oh, the, and so I kind of put the, and I'm a lover of frameworks, right? Like my wife kind of, she kind of jokes, not joking, but joking at times. She's like, oh, there he is again, bumper sticker Dan. Cause I'm, I have these concepts that are just helpful for me. Scarcity over abundance language. Like it, it just not because I want a freaking bumper sticker because it's simple. Right. It's a reminder. Yeah. Well, because that's good because, you know, if I ask you to unpack any of these bumper stickers, there's something behind it. You know, a lot of the bumper stickers, there's really nothing behind it. I mean, we don't know who came up with the thing, but a lot of these things that sound really well, ask the person who uh, who has come up with it and there's nothing to unpack there you know it's just the tip of an iceberg that's really made of plastic and there's it's just floating there there's no there's no huge big iceberg underneath the water but i i feel like for you you could unpack it and look at it but then you don't want to keep things in the in the state where there's a ton of information to be considered at, at at any given time, right? You want eventually to be able to um, to make it compact, to kind of pack it neatly. And then it becomes a kind of a, a hallmark card almost or like a cliche, but it's a cliche where if I asked you, you would be able to, to unpack it and explain it to me in better terms. So um, it's really good actually to come to the point where it's, so simple, uh, but of course, if you look into it, not so simple. And I think if it's not simple, it's going to shift and move and you're going to lose track and it's blurry and it's flying out. That's what I was saying before. Our default mode, our mind is 
wants it to be complicated so we don't have to do things that are hard. Well, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that it's the default. Again, I would, I would, um, I would blame just education. That's not, that's not optimal. We can learn to be good thinkers or um, apt thinkers, and then things don't move that much is at least my argument when it comes to that. So let's just go down this like rabbit hole for a quick second. I just posted something mm -hmm. on Twitter yesterday, and I think it's a fascinating time with what's happening now in America. Well, probably the greatest, the greatest problem or issue that's in front of us that I don't think people are really talking about is that there's a giant teacher shortage. Uh, and it's same gonna, in Israel, same, just the same, by the way. Yeah. Huge. And there's nobody coming up that's filling the gap. So it's almost like a cratering of American Israeli education. What's that? I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe, I don't maybe. I don't think it's necessarily bad, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, but 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 that is happening now and it's unfolded, right? And so it's rare that we get an opportunity because usually education, the shifting of education, this, this is my background, education. And, and just so I'm not speaking out of like, who is this guy talking about education, right? <laughs> um, it happens over the long term, right? A year, usually to implement change in the formal K-12 setting takes three years to see sprouts, five years to see a big, strong root with this teacher shortage and and it's not even a shortage it's also how do you keep them right it's the, the same thing the attrition is also part of it mm -hmm. and it's like well you could only disrespect the educators for so long right, right? and now i mean the world is shifting at an alarming rate we have you know the generation glass which are our children and we're still trying to fit them into the square round peg, whatever you want to call them. That was the same for you and I, if not my parents before me. Right. And how is that okay? Right. How, how is that going to prepare people for their future, our children for their future? And um, I, I, I've been saying this for a while. I think educators are our, are our, warriors mm -hmm. especially now right not just what they have to deal with but like if we care about society we care about the world we live in they're the ones guiding humans forward so of course if you're, you know, you're how, like, how how ridiculous it is that you have bridges, streets, and towers named after war heroes, and some of them are heroes. You know, they are the people who, um, in times of great need, sacrifice their lives in some cases, and I can totally appreciate that when the time calls for that. Um, but how come we barely have any of these uh, sort of buildings or projects named after um just doctors who have saved lives or or teachers you know they're heroes just the same uh but it's just not the kind of aesthetic that we appreciate so we don't go that way but it's it's really something that we should think about and i mean and maybe we're not going to have a choice but to think about it because we're not going to have enough people right i mean that's 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 what's happening in America. Different states are now, well, who can we allow to be a teacher? Well, let's you, lower. You just finished school yesterday. You know how it works. Now you tell this guy. Or, 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 or you've been, or you, or you've been doing something else like doing sales at whatever like convenience store. And now, uh, you know what? We need someone because I don't want my kids at home or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's it's a big, big shift. But coming back, you know, full circle here, you know, I I, I tested out this concept a few times called teacherwarriors.me, in which the idea is, right, talk about 30, 10, like what is your 30? What is it that you really want for teachers? Teaching is a craft. To do it well, fires must be lit. 
Mm -hmm. right? They're not going to do it if it's not lit. Absolutely. And we're doing nothing to support keeping the educators' fires lit, let alone paying them enough. What do you mean? We're dumping water on it all the time. High stakes tap. But it's an interesting time now because – it used to be high stakes tests and figuring out what the metrics are and uh, who's a good teacher, not a good, uh, who. And so there's, I'm hoping for adaptive metrics to come out of, well, what do our kids really need to know for their future? Screen time is not a bad thing. It's like the ballpoint pen. It's what you do with it, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's, right. there's all these shifts in mindset that we need to uh, adapt to what's happening. And, you know, coming back to what you were saying is that one of the most important things I believe is for teachers to learn how to guide students in learning about their Mm self-awareness so that you have a classroom full of 20 kids. Each of them know what they need to do to do their active resting. And it's all different. Yeah. Or they're like energy farming or, hey, did you eat breakfast? Shitty state, shitty story, buddy. You know, it's like, it's that rational. And I actually tested these concepts out with um, ninth and 10th graders. You know, uh, uh, a friend of mine who's a teacher, a master educator, was like, hey, come, come in, let's see. And I purposely use the same language I do when I give workshops with adults. Mm-hmm. Everybody understands what a shitty state is. <laughs> of course, I mean it's it's easy. It's easier to learn if you don't have to unlearn stuff. In fact, so you know, and I mean, your point about there makes me think about it, how uh, the the teacher, the education system is a special case that's just a subset of something bigger, which is the Great Resignation, right? So what we're seeing is a lot of young people don't have fires um, that are lit right now. They're not motivated. And even money itself is not the great motivator that it used to be. Um, Because I think we look uh, to our left and to our right, and we look at our friends, it's like, we actually don't expect not to survive in a Western country. And we demand that thing that is going to light our fire. That's not just survival. Right. And I think that informs a lot of your thinking too around around fear and it being something that is, you know, evolutionarily can be explained very well and has its has its place uh, more than that. But uh, the world is changing. So, yeah, we really need to see how we how we adapt to that. I want to ask something completely unrelated, but you mentioned uh, stutter and the Bible. And I don't know. This is like a long shot in the dark, but is there, have you ever um, contemplated anything about the story of Aaron in the Bible? Who was a Aaron, Aaron, no. Rather of Moses? No, Moses was. Or like Mo- Mo- Moses, sorry, sorry. So Moses is a, is a stutterer. What, what is the deal behind that? Okay, I'll give it to you right now. Are you ready? Yeah. And if I go off into the Hebrew land, just bring me back into the uh, English, right? <laughs> Okay. Moses is a fast translate. <laughs> so, so there's also the idea, just a little background, right? In like the Hebrew world, you, like every week there's a different Torah portion, right? And the story of Moses comes with the book of Shmot, which is names, right? Or, or, or how do we translate the second uh, book of the Bible? Well, isn't it uh, uh, Exodus? Exodus? Exodus movement, yeah. movement for Ja people. Yeah. Right. Um, but like Moses, um, that's my like Torah portion. That's what I was born into. Right. Oh, my really? son's also, Yeah. So, so the cosmic alignment, I just want to yes. set that up. Right. So Moses was born, right. He was born to the Hebrews at the time. The Pharaoh had this rule of out of fear that something might happen with this group of Hebrews. They didn't do anything wrong, but the fear of they might rise up against me, we got to get rid of the boys. Mm-hmm. So you, when a boy was born, you throw them into the Nile. That's what you do, right? That's how the story goes. So the story of Moses is that the mother 
like created this little basket, this little basket that floats and the daughter of the Pharaoh found this crying baby and took in this baby mm-hmm. as their own. A few things, probably assumption, they looked very different. The Hebrew to the Egyptians, they were just different looking so you knew that this was different. So you have this Moses character who is growing up as a prince and eventually he becomes aware and the actual text in the Bible says Vayigdal Hayeled and then Vayigdal Moshe. Uh, the boy grew up and then Moses grew up. So mm-hmm. he becomes aware of like, wait a second, I'm having all this fun in this in this palace or mm-hmm. – Everybody doesn't – I don't look like other people and then oh, the story so – self-awareness now creeps into the story. And then what happens? He goes out and then what does he see? What does he see? And then maybe he's also stuttering at the time, right? He has a stutter, it talks about. Mm-hmm. But what does he see? He sees an Egyptian hitting a Hebrew. And right there – is he's at the point of like, what do I do? What do I do? And the and the text is really interesting. It says it says like the Hebrew just to sport my Hebrew. It says it says va va yifen kovacho vayachat mitzri. He looks here and there, and then he kills the Egyptian. It doesn't just say he kills the Egyptian. Well, he hits him. He he, he hits yeah. him. Yeah, probably but, to death. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea that he doesn't just act. He has that point of he looks here, he looks here, that self-awareness. I, I'm like this. I look like this. What do I do? And then he's forced to run. And here's where it gets the Moses story. I'll come back. I promise. I'll put it all back into the stuttering. Where does he run to? Do you know the story? He runs uh, to don't quiz me on this, please. <laughs> Midian. Midian. Okay. Right? Midian is where like Midian is where he runs to. But if you look at if you look at the name, Mem Dalid Yud Nun, Medin, he runs to this world that's mm-hmm. away from judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's in this place in which it's away from judgment that he has this burning bush experience in which that's where the God, his God, Moses, God connection in which, uh, you know, the bush is in fire, but it isn't consumed. It's beyond time. Mm -hmm. And that's where sets off the whole Moses, Moses character that he's like, he knows his 30, you know, it's so clear, Mm -hmm. but his story of I can't speak is always creeping up because he's a human creature. Mm-hmm. And so, oh no, I can't, I can't. I, and that's, and so I feel very connected to the Moses story and who he is, as I just explained of, is he here? Is he this or is he this? And for me as a mm-hmm. stutterer, Right, growing up, it was all about: Am I true to myself, or do I avoid shame? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I've been consumed with that. For I don't really stutter anymore, but through the work of like Dr. Mate recently, he right. He's, right? It's my like fa- who i my like foundations was hey there's an avoidance of shame that is my go to norm so the stories that still pop up for me now are tied to when i was be true to myself or avoid shame right so it's still popping up for me that i'm now uncovering in a whole nother level similar i think to the moses story in which he goes through all of this growth and this experience and this God and then and, and, and God's like, go down and speak to the, you know, to the Pharaoh. He's like, I can't speak. Who, me? 
whom I can't do that. The self-doubt, those those Mm -hmm. core guiding stories, they still creep up and they do for all of us all the time. Like we could work with them and it's kind of what you were saying before. We never, we're not robots. So we have to allow for the flexibility for the strong state, not strong state, for the strong stories or shitty stories, or for the heavy doses that life is really short or the ideals of my podcast. How is it helping me get what I really want? And shifting our idea, it's all part of the same human, simplified, how do we live in this world? The way that I believe we do it is that we continuously work on harnessing our self-awareness by everything starts with state. We need to be doing the things that keep us in this strong energy. If not, everything's uphill. Recognize that we're going to always have stories. Our mind creates, that's a healthy mind, but we can capture them. And we can ask, how are these stories serving me? Especially the ones that feel shitty. And the answer of it's not is never an answer because we learned that our mind's designed to keep us safe with these stories, which leads to the type of actions. And then from there, we're able to define, go up to the mountain, to the to those eagles soaring, in which at 30,000 feet, you're in an airplane, right? You're looking down. There's no noise. You're seeing all the fields below. You're, you're seeing clarity. You know what you want without the noise of saying, you can't do that. Why do you think you could do that, right? When we are learning how to capture the stories and be in a strong state energy and doing our active resting, all the things almost fall into place. Living a life, getting what we really want, not just those generic errors, good money, love, ego, revenue, family, whatever it is. Everybody wants that. But when we can uncover what it is we really want, that's when we're living life at another level. That is amazing, Dan. And I'm going to pat myself on the back for asking the Moses question. Um, <laughs> good job. Um, yeah, I mean, you always you always um, get me fired up. And uh, we're on borrowed time, both on this earth and also for this conversation, unfortunately, as we have a hard stop today, but um, I love it. And, you know, it is a hard stop, but I think it comes at the, at the perfect time. And I'm really happy that we, um, that we covered it pretty much. I think there's a coherent picture coming up of us needing to always look at what us as creatures with self-awareness need to prosper both in a universal way and then also exploring each person's individual um, needs and seeking those so that we eventually find something that is fitting over time, which I would qualify as healthy and being healthy in this life is really living well. So I'm, I'm really thankful for this. And I, I always need your, your input like that. Um, yeah, if there are any um, kind of last additions, you're welcome to make them and also add, you know, where you can be found online or offline, whatever, whatever comes. Yeah, sure. Uh, listen, it's always great to talk with you. And uh, like I said, I, 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 I cannot wait until we get to not be screens with screens looking at each other, but actually yeah. out there um, using Same. our senses for some birding. <laughs> Um, that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, so I give, I give these workshops about energy farming, self-awareness training, uh, strategy sessions, applying to businesses, target focus action. It's all the same thing. It's almost simplified. Um, I could be found at 3010 spelled out, um, Twitter it's DA green seven, seven. That's kind of where my, uh, play that's. That's where I play with a lot of these ideas. Um, if there's any questions, anything I could be of help with anyone around these ideas, um, it's Dan at 3010, reach out. 
Um, hey, y'all, I, I, I love what you're doing, by the way. This deep dive podcast, I, 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 it's, it's the best. I love it. So thank you for it. Keep it up. Keep doing you. Not just me, but the world really needs it. Don't tr- don't go out. Don't go out looking for why and let me see it. Just just keep fucking surfing, man. Yep. At, at this point, it's uh, compulsive, which is a good thing. So, um, yeah, Dan, thank you so much. And uh, awesome. Awesome.